we'll continue looking at this set of verses. We've been walking kind of phrase by phrase through these verses uh, 16 to 20. And we've seen that the, the, the Great Commission exists because worship does not. Not everywhere. Not by all people. And so uh, we noted the, the worship of the 11 disciples in verse 18. We talked about how God will receive worship from every nation, tribe, and tongue, and he, he currently does not. And so therefore, we're commanded to go and to share the truth that God might save a people for himself and that he might receive the honor and the praise and the glory that are due his name. Last week, we looked at the, the fact that Jesus has complete authority over all things. As he says at the end of verse 18, and so therefore we can go and we can take this gospel message and we can do so with confidence and with, with assurance that he can and will save because he has the sovereign authority to do so. And tonight we'll get to the actual command itself. Um, Tim, my clicker isn't working. Can you click on the... Uh, there, oh, there we go. Thank you, sir. Um, <clears throat> and so tonight we get to the actual command itself of going and making disciples in verse 19. Um, but let's go ahead and read these verses together, starting in verse 16. So please follow with me. Matthew writes, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so one of the first things that we notice as we're reading through um, this, and, and we get to, to verse 19, is the word, therefore. So it's a word that, that connects what's being said here in verse 19 back to what has already been said in verse 18. So like we brought out last time, the, the, the command to go is based on the authority of Jesus to send believers and to save non-believers. One thing to address tonight is because we're going through this because I've heard uh, many people make a, a point of this um, is to talk about the verb go in verse 19. So many students uh, of the Bible, especially uh, people who have, have studied the original languages, they'll, they'll come and point out the fact that the form of this, this Greek word for go is not actually an imperative verb. It's, it's not a command. Uh, rather, it's a participle. So it's a different form of verb. So then um, the thought is that um, if that's the case, the word should be translated something like um, while you're going or as you're going or, or having gone, make disciples. Um, instead of this direct command of, of go or you are to go. Um, and so then the, the, the Great Commission is kind of looked at then as um, what's done is we live our day-to-day 
lives as we go about what we do. You know, wherever God has placed us and whatever we find ourselves doing, we're to be making disciples there as we go. And, and um, that's, by all means, that's an absolutely valid point. Um, it's certainly true that wherever we are, whatever we may be doing, as believers, we're to carry out this commission of making disciples. But also, in my understanding, with the way that the Greek language works, with the way it's structured here, even though this word is in the form of a participle, with the way that the, um, again, the way it's all structured and put together, this participle actually functions like an imperative or a command here. Uh, in the Great Commission. And when you go and look across English translations, uh, every major English translation translates it as a, a command. So this, this deliberate, willful act of going for the purpose of making disciples. And so as I was kind of thinking about this, it, it kind of seemed to me that um, we can kind of keep both of these in mind. There can be a, a danger perhaps in going too far in either direction. Um, we, we do want fulfilling the Great Commission in a very real sense to be ordinary, to be normal. Um, as we're living our lives for the Lord as, as disciples, we're making disciples. When we go to work and have conversations with coworkers, as we parent and grandparent our children and grandchildren, we talk with our friends and family members. We want to be talking about Jesus and growing in him and, and sharing what he's teaching us and, and, and what we're learning with others. And, and we just, again, we want it to be part of everyday conversation because Jesus is who our minds and our hearts are focused on, so that's just naturally what comes out and flows. So there is an element of that. But at the same time, we don't want to take away from the fact that there, there's involved here a very real command that, that a willful, deliberate decision is made to go to places and to do things that will take the truth of Jesus to others. And we go for the specific purpose of making disciples. So I, I think we can say here that, that both of these aspects are involved in fulfilling the Great Commission. And so we see there that, that Jesus says to go, and, and further in verse 19, he says, to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And so we want to understand and know what it means to be a disciple. We want to, we've got to know what a, a disciple is before we can go and make them. And so this is a word that we see it means student or learner or, or follower. So to be a disciple is to be a student. And to make disciples is to be a teacher. And when we look at it and think about it, making disciples is a, a pretty difficult thing to do in a lot of respects. It takes time. It, it takes energy. It takes persistence. It takes consistency. It involves discipline and one-on-one -on -one and face-to-face -face accountability. It's, it's living out life alongside people, like day in and day out, and, and counseling them and guiding them and being an example to them. 
of what it means to treasure Jesus and to obey his word. There's a lot there. And, and that's the amazing thing as I was looking at this and thinking about it. Um, the Great Commission, I'm, you know, I know for me, I think all of us probably, so often we, we wrongly think about this. We, we think about the Great Commission in terms of evangelism and mission. And, and that is a part of it that's a very crucial part of it. We do have to go and we have to share the truth that people might repent and believe in Jesus and be born again. But in a lot of ways, that's, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg here. It's just a, a part of what it means to make disciples. As a matter of fact, we see here in these verses, in verses 19 and 20, what it means to make disciples. The, the main kind of clause going on here um, as Jesus is speaking is make disciples of all nations. And then there, there are two kind of subordinate clauses that come under that that are baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe or to obey all that I have commanded you. So uh, therefore these, these subordinate clauses are, are what give the detail to or, or they're what they tell us how we are to do what is commanded in the main clause that we read. So we make disciples, Jesus says, by baptizing them in the name of or into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's this being baptized into, there's this joining together of, of the believer in this triune relationship in, in, uh, of, of the triune God in this incredible um, this mysterious way um, that we, we can't fully understand, but upon believing, um, the, the, the believers united together with Christ and, and brought into this relationship and then is outwardly symbolized by this ordinance of baptism. Um, you might remember Jesus taught this way. He, he talked about this in John. Um, he told his disciples, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. There's a con connection here. Um, also, when Jesus prayed to the Father in the high priestly prayer of John 17, he said this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they might be, all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them, that they, might be, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know, you, these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So again, we see this connection being made 
this union together as a believer with Christ in this relationship. Um, 1689, the Baptist Confession of Faith, it says it this way, Baptism is an ordinance of the New Testament, ordained by Jesus Christ to be unto the party baptized, a sign of his fellowship with him in his death and resurrection, of his being engrafted into him, of remission of sins and of giving up into God through Jesus Christ to live and walk in newness of life. There's this identifying with Christ and, a, and an outward sign of the believer being, being brought into the union of, of the Trinity that's symbolized by this baptism. And so we go and, and we evangelize with the gospel and, and people believe and they're, they're born again and they come and they're baptized in obedience with Christ's command. And they do it to, to identify with him and to publicly proclaim their identity with him and in association with him. And after those who repent and believe the gospel and they're baptized. And Jesus says that we are to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. The word translated here, observe, it means to persist in obedience. And it can be translated as keep, observe, fulfill, or pay attention to. Um, so Jesus is saying here, to his disciples, teach them to continue in. Teach them to persist day in and day out, obeying everything that I have commanded you. It's very comprehensive, right? It's, this changes the way that, that we look at fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, I know that for, for me, when, at the time I kind of came through uh, Southeastern, you know, going to the unreached people groups of the world was a major area of emphasis. It was a huge focus, and it, it, rightly so, it should be. That, that's awesome. We want to go and take the gospel to where it has never been. It's a vital part of fulfilling the Great Commission. But now, looking back on it and, and thinking about it, it's, it's almost, like, um, almost like sometimes it became too narrow of a focus. Um, according to, uh, so according to the International Mission Board, definition of unreached people is less than or equal to 2% professing evangelical believers. Um, so a lot of times, and nobody meant to do this, this wasn't intentional, and they would never say this, but I got, you almost got the feeling sometimes that um, this attitude of, of as soon as there's greater than, than 2% believers, then that, that group is checked off as reached, right? And we move on to the next one. It's unreached. Um, in, in a lot of ways. But we see in this text that, uh, according to Jesus, that's not fulfilling the great commission. We, we've got to go and preach and teach to obey all that Jesus has said must teach and preach all the commands of Scripture. Right? So we not only go and, and evangelize and baptize, but then we've got, to, we've got to teach, we've got to disciple how to, to love God with, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How to love our neighbors as ourselves. To forgive those who sin against us. To love our enemies. To, to pray for those who persecute us. To pray to the Father, to care for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
to graciously handle the disputes and disagreements among believers. All these things that are taught in the Word of God. All the Old, Old Testament commandments. Jesus came to not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. And so there's so much work to be done in taking the gospel and then baptizing new believers and then teaching and training them, being with them. And Jesus has given this command and this commission to those of us who are believers. It's, it's the fulfilling of this great commission is lifelong, and it's all-encompassing. Um, as we think of it nearest to us and closest to home, the idea of, of, feeling, of, filling, of fulfilling the great commission and of making disciples, um, as I've heard, you know, I heard Pastor John MacArthur say this, a while back, the largest mission field we have right here at home is that of our children. Um, so first and foremost, we fulfill the Great Commission in our home. We teach, we pray, we invest with our, our time and our energy. We, we lead and we counsel. Uh, we show ourselves an example for our children that they might know the truth, that they might love and treasure Jesus and worship him. They might seek to know and to, to love him and his word and to serve him with their whole lives. In our homes, we, we teach here in, in our church. We teach our children and our youth and adults here to obey what Jesus said. We do it in, in Sunday school, Bible study, through hearing the, the preaching of the word, This idea of consistent, persistent, day in, day out, obedience to him who is worthy of all our worship. Then we go from there and we take ourselves and our, our time and our abilities and we go to our neighbors. We go to our coworkers. We, we teach. We share. We go to other states. Um, then we go around the world taking the truth of the scriptures and teaching the whole counsel of God, all that Jesus has commanded. And so as we look at this, we think about it and process through it, it's a, it's a huge, huge task. Seems very overwhelming. Uh -huh. And so next week we'll come back and, and we'll see the encouragement that we have in fulfilling this task in, in the words of Jesus at the end of verse 20. He says he, is all, he was with us always, even until the end of the age. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Father, for tonight. We thank you that you have chosen, Lord, in, in your sovereignty to, to use us to take this truth of the gospel, Lord, to teach, to, to preach, to, to train. Father, we pray that we would be faithful with it. Lord, in our homes, in our church, our places of work. Father, may we be good stewards of the truth. 
Father, we have come to know. So, Father, we pray that as we go throughout this week that you would help us, Lord, to be faithful and to be obedient. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you.